Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at vlcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. We've been talking about church membership, and, and, and um, Jacob began that series last week. We're going to have a four series on, on, on church membership and what that means. And so um, many have an unbiblical view of church membership. Of course, when I grew up, it was like you sign in the role, you come forward and say, I want to become a member of this church. We're not going to be talking about it in that way. So please keep your minds and hearts open to what God has to say about church membership. Now, we juxtapose that against, say, a country club membership or a gym membership that I have a gym membership. I have belonged to a a country club before, and and we know there's a lot of perks that go along with that type of membership. And for those people, or when you join a gym, you know, I get to go in there, and and they take care of you, and they're very nice to you because they want you to bring more people, so they're always nice to you. They have an ulterior motive, and they wipe down the machines, and you get to go in the sun, and you get to take showers, you get to work out on the weight machines, and you get to go to some of the classes for free. Those are some of the perks of being a member at a gym. And a lot of people have that mentality when they come to a church. So for those that have that, that uh, country club mentality, membership is receiving instead of giving. Membership is being served instead of serving. My rights instead of what's my responsibilities. Entitlements instead of sacrifices. Now, this is a wrongful view, and some people have the view that, well, we give our tithes and offerings as membership dues that entitle us to a never-ending list of privileges and expectations instead of unconditional gift to God. So what does the Bible have to say about membership? So just before we get to that, and I explain that to you, remember, our jobs as pastors, Jacob and Mijah's job, is to rightly inform you of your present status and responsibilities as a child of the king, to the king, and to his church. Yes, we have privileges, but we have responsibilities. We know what all those privileges are. Access to the throne of God, just like that. Read the Old Testament. Look what they had to go through in order to have access to God, just like people are forgetting in this country what it's like to be able to say what you want because of the price paid by our forefathers. They've forgotten all about that. And so our job is to remind you what your responsibility is to the church. In Acts 20, verse 28, is my job. Jacob's job as a pastor, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. God has made us overseers. We believe we're called of God, and you have consented to that. 
that you believe that we are called of God and we're his elders for this flock. He said, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Yes, we have responsibilities. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6, I'll begin to unpack that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul is talking, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer that is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you have received from us. Now, I understand in context what that's all about about a lot of believers thinking the second coming is coming, and they're not working at all. The Bible says you don't work, you don't. Hey, you knew that one? Wow. But also, God wants us to be functioning church members. We'll continue. John 15, 16. I love Scripture because Scripture speaks to me, and Scripture will speak to you. Jesus said, you did not choose me. But I chose you to do what? To get a ticket to heaven? I got a ticket to ride. I mean, is, is that all it's about? No. I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name of my Father will give to you. Another one more passage about responsibility. <clears throat> this is a trustworthy saying in Titus 3.8. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. So this implies that God wants us to stress to the church that you have some privileges and responsibilities being a child of God. Flip the script around. What's the opposite of a functioning member, just so that you kind of get the idea? Non-functioning, duh. Non-working church member. Useless. Defective. Inactive. Idle. The real meaning of a functioning member would be what? A working member. You remember the passage that says, show me your faith without your works or without doing anything. Or, and if you can do that, if you can prove that to me, show me your works, or I'll show you my faith by my works. See, it's called a functioning member. You and me were created for good works, for his kingdom that is operating in this world. Question to you. Where are you right now in your walk with God? Are you a functioning member? Or are you an inactive member? Are you a functioning member of God's family? Maybe you could be an inactive member yet attending. Or you could be attending church and not be a member. Is that possible? Absolutely. You remember when Jesus invited everyone to the banquet? 
And he pointed out someone. And, what are you doing here? You don't have the proper tire. Get him out. So there are people that look like they're a member, but they're really not. So let's look at church membership, what it isn't. Very simply, what it isn't. It's not a country club, and neither do we have a country club mentality. Because a country club mentality means membership means others will serve me. Membership means privileges. So what is it? Before you can become a member, I want to remind you that you cannot be a member of God's family unless you have repented of your sins, believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you were baptized by the Holy Spirit into the family of God. The seed that was birthed in you is untainted and is perfect and will never sin against God. So you have, it's like two, two uh, rungs on the railroad track going in the same direction. You have your old nature, shut up, be still, keep down, you know, like a dog, sit down, lay down. You're constantly telling your flesh that, right? But that new nature is continually Focused on serving the King of Kings. If that hasn't happened to you, you are not a part of the family of God. And then what happens is this. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 reminds us that we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one whole part, but of many parts, like my little potato head guy. So, yeah, you're the, Matt, you might be the little arm here. Who'd like to be the nose? You know, mm, I smell good food. Hey, feet, can you take me there? <laughs> hey, how do I know how to get there? Oh, hey, eyes, would you get to work? That's how it is in the body of Christ. But we forget about that. What if the eye is not working properly? Now, 1 Corinthians 12 reminds us. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of the body, and God has placed you in the body, in the church. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 27. But let me read 1 Corinthians 12, 27 from the Berean Bible. By the way, the Berean Bible is a very, very good Bible. It is a word for word and thought for thought scripture. The ESV is a word for word. The NIV is a thought for thought and sometimes a word for word. The Berean Bible is a very good Bible that was created in 2016. Here's how it reads in the Berean Bible. Now you are the body of Christ. You are. And each of you is a church member or a member. Ecclesia means not a building church, a called out assembly of God-fearing, born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit believers, and you're assembled together. He said, you are a member. The question is, are you a functioning member or are you an inactive member? In 1 Corinthians, I really wanted to read the whole chapter of chapter 12, but God's reminding you and me in chapter 12, beginning verse 15, 
not of the foot. Oh, oh I put it back on, no clothes on there. Now, if the foot should not say, because I'm not a hand, uh, I do not belong to the body. There's a little hand. And, and for that reason, because you're not the preacher, you're not the, oh, I'm, I'm not a part of the body because, you know, I don't have the center stage. I'm not a musician. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to work with kids. And so, therefore, I'm just going to sit and participate. But God teaches us otherwise. Just because you're, you're not the hand, you can't say, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. Every one of you has been put into this body, this local body. It's speaking to a local church. It's not speaking about a universal church. But the Holy Spirit plants you in the body of Christ. You are not here by accident. So which one are you? You're not unimportant. Every part of the body is very important. It goes, it says, and if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I do not belong to the body. I would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. I remember when we were kids, we always would play a stupid game. Now, we don't use that word in our family. That's a cuss word. I'm sorry. So we played a, an ignorant game. Okay. If you had to do without one arm or one ear, which one would you want? Did you ever play that game? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, would you rather have two arms and one leg? Two legs or one arm? And we would go on for about a half hour and play that game and just, just be silly. Every part of the body is very important. So you have the idea, church member. You're born again. You've been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the family of God. And God himself has planted every single born-again believer into this body called Victory Life Church. This is the picture. You steak heads will remember the potato heads. I like steak and potatoes. Okay? You'll remember this. You are a part of the body. Now, what's your role, a church member's role? In the country club membership? You pay others to do the work for you. But in the church membership, it's different. You are a functioning member of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 again. We'll go back to that passage. Because I know you're a person, but now God has also equipped this, if you're the arm, with a spiritual gift to use in the body of Christ. Let's look at that. In verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you, once again, is a part of the body, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and different kinds of tongues. He said, are all apostles? In other words, are all ears? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all arms and legs? And No. Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, you might think that's the end, but there are so many more, and let me give you a few more in 1 Corinthians 12. 
Now, to each one in this body right now, if you're born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. You are, by the way, it's not a second thing. It, it happens instantaneously. I believe, and in less than the twinkling of an eye, birth takes place. You're now a part of the family of God. Baptize, or baptizo is a Greek word, which means to submerge. You've been submerged into the family of God, and you are now a part of the body of Christ. So he said, to one of you here, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. To another, by means of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, knowledge. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one. The Holy Spirit does that. I was thinking of a couple other illustrations. I think of the Godhead, right? Elohim is a plural word used in Genesis 1. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's three in one. I know there are many here. So if you have a hard time understanding, you are one but different parts. What about the family unit? The family unit is the, the husband, the wife, and the child. They're all one. So if you're having a hard time getting your hands around this fact that there's so much diversity in this place, but yet God has strategically placed you in his body with a gift to use in the church. Think about it logically. How many of you send your kids to school to be inactive? You want them to be active in class. You want them to do their homework. You want them to do their studies. You want them to be functioning, a functioning student. How about in the family? You want each member in the family to be doing something, not to be waited on. If you wait on your children, you're going to raise a miserable brat. Expect something from them. Give them some duties to do. How about a boss? You think he hires you just to come and show up at work? Well, they don't even show up at work today. They now stay home. God wants his members to be active, to be functioning. Now, the only way with this kind of crowd here, with the diversity that's in this place, and with God strategically planning each one of you in this body of Christ in Victory Life Church, oh my goodness, how are we going to operate as one? Well, the church membership's foundation is love. You see, in a club membership, its foundation is what? Self-centeredness. How can you wait on me? Take care of me. Meet my needs. But that's not the attitude of a church member. You see, a church member operates in love. 
period. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians. If these two passages were adhered to, it would send revival to our church. Here it is. Love is patient. Just right, right there, right quick. Love is patient. I have learned as a believer to be patient in traffic. There are some things I have not accomplished in life, but for the most part, I have accomplished that. But don't test me on the way home and stay at this light and try to make a left-hand turn and be there for 10, 15 minutes. Now that they've made that left turn at the end of Old Hiatus Road to get on the sunrise so they can get on hiatus, oh, it really tries your patience. Your kids will try your patience, but you must remember it's a journey raising kids. You're writing a chapter every year of their lives. Love is kind. First of all, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in my position here if I didn't operate in love. I do love God's people more than any other people in the world. By the way, that love doesn't come from you or me. It is a gift of God. You see, God is love. And so when you were baptized into the family of God, he gave you that gift of love. So when I meet you and you don't act in love at all, either you're sinning when I go on this side, I hear a buzz. And this is not buzz light either. I hear a buzz. But, or, or you don't know God. Because you are born of God. You cannot help but love other people, especially his people. And he said, if you only love those who love you, you aren't any better than all the people in the world because they love their own. So you see... I don't run on Dunkin' Donuts or Dunkin', you know, I run on Dunkin', the old commercial. I run on love. Love for God's people. Love does not envy what you have. It does not boast. Don't you remember when you were lost? All the boasting you used to do? All the people you could beat up or that your daddy could beat up? Or all the things that you said you did that you really never did? When you come to Christ, you don't have to boast anymore. You're accepted. What about it's not proud? Pride calls Lucifer to fall from heaven. It's one of the biggest temptations he uses on humanity, pride. It was pride that caused the religious leaders to reject Jesus, most of the religious leaders, to re reject Jesus as their Messiah. It tells us also as a member of the body, each one of you, it does not dishonor the nose or the eye or the hair or the pants or the shoes. It does not dishonor anyone in the body. I've had to confess that many times, and I don't mean the local body here, but I mean other people outside the church, other pastors, and, you know, who am I to judge? And it doesn't mean we don't clearly bring out clear apostasy, or false doctrine. We're not talking about that. But um, Paul said, listen, if they're preaching the gospel, leave them alone. So I've had to confess that many times, that um, I've not been very kind to other parts of the body. But the more I grow in Jesus Christ, the more you grow in Jesus Christ, the less talking you do about each other, and the more building up you do about others. Because... You do that because you see your own flaws. 
when you look in the mirror. Some of you need to look in the mirror a little more often because I see hair coming down your ear. I see it coming out your nose. You need to look in the mirror a little bit more often. And some of you don't need to look in the mirror so often because some of you look like bulls with a clown. I, I do believe girls are going to look back one day about 50 years from now and go, oh, my goodness, the makeup. Okay. <laughs> Love is not self-seeking. It's thinking about others. That's a big difference than a country club mentality. You know, I pay my tithes. I've been coming to church a long time, and therefore I get to determine what color of carpet's here. And there's a lot of things I don't really love. It, it was very difficult for me to give in to the darkness. I feel like I'm in a nightclub. I feel like, yeah, I want to dance, you know. I, I don't want to do all this stuff, and you know. It, I, it does. I, I admit that. But I've learned something in the ministry. You can change the method, but don't change the message. As long as that message is solid and we're not doing anything sinful up here, then, then, then we, we can be flexible. We can be flexible. I remember people leaving churches. See, I have a membership here. I don't like the music that you sing. So I'm taking my little Bible and my two cents, and I'm leaving going somewhere else. That's a, a country club mentality that we want to get away from. We are not perfect, and you're not perfect. It goes on. It says, I like this one. It keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, my goodness. I am so glad that God does not keep a record of my wrongs. I, I'm so happy he does it. Now, I don't know whether he forgets it. Because the scripture says, God cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. Now, you're asking yourself, hmm, does he not remember what I did? How can he be God? Or is he saying, I'm not going to hold that to your account? Now, I really don't know the 100% answer, but I lean more towards he doesn't hold that to your account. Right? Would you? How many agree with that? Raise your hand. How many like the other one? He doesn't even remember it. So if, when you go to God and ask him to forgive you, how come you can't forgive your spouse, your mother, your dad? I've had things happen to me growing up as a child. I've been in churches that would make you want to run and go in the other direction from a church. But I know Jesus is not that way. Carnal men and carnal women behave like the world. And sometimes they sneak into church. And they get kind of comfortable. And we don't preach the truth. And they get even more comfortable. And then they start affecting the lives of other people around them. And then they get comfortable. Billy Graham used to say that the greatest harvest field is in the church. In the church. We continue in 1 Corinthians 13. By the way, no record of wrongs. There's not a church member here I wouldn't forgive of anything you've ever done. Why? The Bible says if I can't forgive you, he's not going to forgive me. Did you ever take that seriously? I know I talk to my other people who lead studies, and, and I always say this is one of the hardest things to communicate with people is week after week, year after year, they come to church, they come to Bible studies, we preach about forgiveness. And all of a sudden, you have to put it in action. 
and now they're inactive. That really hurts me as a pastor to see God's people doing just the opposite. Keeps no record of wrongs that would send revival in this church. Continuing, it said, if I speak in tongues, in other words, it's saying, I don't care who you are in the body of Christ here, what role you have. He's saying, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love. And he goes, if, you don't, if you're that kind of person here today, you sound like a, someone coming up here and banging on one of these things and doesn't even know how to bang on them. I, by the way, if you want to hear that, I, during the week, I do that. I'm trying to learn how to become a drummer. I got my teacher out there, or Bob. He's trying to teach me, but he hadn't showed up in last week. He said, this, I don't know if this guy, if he's a, if he's a loser. No, I'm just teasing. God said, you're just, you don't, you're not even making a sound that anybody even understands if you're not running your life by the gift of love. He said, if I have the gift of prophecy, which is important, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Are you, is your generator run on ethanol, gas? What's your generator running on in your heart? Is it run on love? If you don't have love, you don't belong to God. God is love. The final point this morning. I like my little buddy here. His eyes are kind of crooked. Like some church members. Uh, Are you a church member? And you cross your eyes, you scratch your head. They said they were born again and there's no evidence. They haven't been active. We try to get him active. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And my last point as the, our worship team comes up and, 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 and tries to uh, disturb you, but keep your eyes up here. Church membership is service-oriented, and there's two things I'm going to ask you to do. It has nothing to do with me. Remember again James 2. This applies to a functioning member. You see, only about one-third of the people ever do the work in the church. Only 20% of the people do all the giving in the church. But here's what it says in James 2. But someone will say, you have faith. I'm a church member. And the other person says, I have deeds to prove I'm a church member. And the one says, okay, show me your church membership or your faith without any activity. See what's happening here in this passage? And I will show you my church membership by what I do. Okay, you're a, you're a church member. You sit, in a, you sit in a seat. You think you're a church member? Here's what the scripture says. Okay, you believe you're a church member? That's fine. You believe there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that. And they shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Do you want evidence that a church membership without being a functioning member is dead? What are two things you can do to prove you are a functioning member? 
Here they are. Two of them. You can write them down. Give abundantly and serve without hesitation. It's nothing personal. Never beg people to serve. In fact, probably one of my weaknesses as a minister over all the years. You're living in a, a debt-free church. I've never begged for money. It's my privilege and obligation to give God back what is his. In fact, he says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8, you know, we pay for all these other memberships, and yet people struggle giving to God what is his. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound also in every good work. Give abundantly. If, if, if you're a person saying, well, how much should I give? Then, then, then you're missing. You're missing it. Because the scripture is full of examples about the tithe and offering all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Give abundantly. Secondly, this is a big one. Serve without hesitation. Psalms 119.60. Without any hesitation, I hurry to obey your commandments. Now, I tone it down just a little bit here because... There have been some needs over this past week, past two weeks. As I told you, I will not beg our membership to do something. All of you know that have been with me a long time that um, I do not try to monopolize any of your private time. You have marriages to run. You have families to raise. You have businesses to run. You have extracurricular activities to go to. I understand that I've raised six kids and then we got 16 grandkids. We understand the busyness of life. We try to teach you on the job Christianity. But as you have already concluded, you are part of the body of Christ and he has planted you in this body and he has something for you to do and he has given you a gift to use in this body. What are you doing with it? There were people that needed you this past week. We sent out emails. Yeah, you can look at me cross-eyed, but uh, you know, nobody showed, hardly anybody showed up. There are needs throughout the year, and I, again, I, you see I get softer and calmer when I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking to everyone else. I know we have a lot to do, but when we send out a message to you, next week is another good example. And again, sometimes I'm busy. Things are already on my calendar, and I can't always be to everything. But next week, you have a chance. We don't want to beg or plead or, or guilt you into doing anything. Honestly, we don't. Because if we have to guilt you into doing something, you're not going to find any joy in doing it. You have to do it to the Lord. Everything we do, we do unto the Lord. But next week, you have a chance to take some time out of your schedule and say, we're going to go and we're going to march with Love Life at 8.30. Usually what I have to do is ask my secretary, send out another email, and then everybody tells me, I, don't, I never got an email. 
I only use text. We're going to change some software so you get texts. So now you won't be able to text me. I didn't get an email. We want you to be a part of the body. When one part of the body hurts, the other part of the body hurts. And so we want you to be a functioning member. But not only labor, labor is good, but other things. Or we're, we have someone that wants right over there, Rita, raise your hand over there. Hi, I'm putting her on the spot. She wants to make this place look pretty. I've heard so many of you tell me about plants till it's coming out of my ears. And you want to make the place look beautiful. Go online and sign up and say, okay, when you meet, I'm going to meet with you and we're going to help make this place pretty. God's place should be beautiful. You're beautiful. Now let the outside look beautiful too. Don't don't wait to be forced. Oh God, how can I help with my schedule, with my time, with my responsibilities that I do unto you? I've never been a pastor that says only what you do counts for God. Only what you do here counts for God. No, it's what you do in your marriage, how you raise your kids, how you relate to your boss, how you drive down the road. That all counts for the glory of God. How are you using that spiritual gift? Do you even know what your spiritual gift is or spiritual gifts are? Have you ever gone and taken the free test online to at least kind of find out what it is? Take the free test online. Peter said, each of you, so serve without hesitation. They always need more helpers over there. I need helpers on a Wednesday. We have parents, uh, parents that come to our Parenting 101 on Wednesday. Some of you without kids, why don't you volunteer? We, we, we have a hard time finding anybody to come out on a Wednesday night and say, hey, you know what? Well, these younger parents are being equipped with tools that will help them raise godly kids. I want to help out. I'm going to relieve you. People that have babies, meals, there's so many ways, and we will alert you I would like us to be inundated with people who are functioning and we almost have to do what David said, stop giving because you are trying to give so much. So we need some volunteers. We, many of you have said we'd like to continue a prayer meeting going on here because you know we go through the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Well, we have a prayer meeting and guess what happens? Tim Tebow shows up, everybody shows up. But if Tim Tebow's not here, guess what happens? Again, you can't belong to everything. But find something you can belong to. So we have a small group that started on every Tuesday at, I believe, 7 o'clock. You can come and begin to pray for that revival that's happening in Kentucky will happen here. You see, some of the, I'm giving you practical ways that you can plug in. Some of you should be teachers and you're not teaching right now or functioning in a home, opening up your home. By the way, we have another one just opening up this week. I believe it's Alex. Alex, where are you? I see you over there. I saw her somewhere. Alex, uh, Alex Rodriguez. I saw you somewhere in here. Maybe she's helping with the kids. She's There she is. Okay, she's opening up. Uh, I think it's a mother and daughter. A mother and daughter. What does it start this next week? On Sunday, you had... Um, Andrew just started this Sunday with what What age? Or kids or young kids or young adults? 13 through 18. On Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, we have men's and women's operating on for, for your pleasure. On They're using their gifts and their talents to educate and 
and pour into these boys and girls, or in this case, moms and daughters. Go online or see us in the back. Go on our website and get plugged into something. That group may need your gift or gifts. The reason we preach a message like this, as Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. So now, guess what? I'll keep his bridges on here. So imagine now some of the group. Okay, he, he may be able to function, but he's not going to function properly if the other people that God strategically placed in this church to function and not just sit. Um, we're going to be hurting. We're going to be hurting. And I pray that God has used working through, I, I believe my meekness in presenting this to you. That this just won't be another message. That you roll up your sleeves, go online, look what your spiritual gifts are, let us know what they are, we'll see if we can help you. Or serve without hesitation, or give generously. Would you stand at this time, please? I want two passages as we're doing that. Let me put these guys back together again. I was going to do Humpty Dumpty, but um, let's see. See, and if they're in the wrong place, look what happens. See what happens if they're in the wrong place? Okay. Oh, here's his ear. It's meant to leave an impression, a little impression, but I'll read two passages of Scripture to you. I want to remind you of Ephesians 2.10. We all remember uh, Ephesians 2.8.9, right? For by grace are you saved, through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But do you remember what 2.10 says? For we are God's handiwork. You. We all are. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do in advance. He has things for each one of you to do. God doesn't make any junk to put in the body of Christ. Finally, remember what he said in Revelation 22. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. That sounds like a functioning member, doesn't it? And I pray that this week we will have people go online and start filling out those forms or start saying, Pastor, here's a gift I have. You know how many times I died to get an electrician in this church? If you're an electrician, let us know. There's special talents you have and abilities. If it's just for a half hour, an hour, we want you to volunteer. But if you're doing a big task for us and that's what you do for a living, we'll pay you. Just give us a good deal and give us a discount. <laughs> but I want you to make money. Let's pray. Father, would you take what has been said and would you water and fertilize it? We need functioning members, Father. May the Holy Spirit water and fertilize what's being said this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com give. 
You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.